reading this morning is taken from Hebrews uh, chapter 10. And uh, in my Bible, the section is entitled, A Call to Persevere. Um, Starting at verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, But let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, your word. Thank you for the truths in it. And Lord, I pray that as Chris comes to uh, unpack it for us, you would speak to us. Would you bless Chris now? Would you give him the insight and the wisdom that he needs? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, John. So if we want to just put the first slide up, um, a few uh, weeks ago, actually a couple of months ago now, um, one of our leaders at our October, actually it was our October away day at the end of October, did a little exercise where they gave us sheets of card and we had to write something and draw something about an experience. But then we had to put our names on it. Then that leader collected them in and redistributed them randomly and said to us, take this piece of paper with somebody else's name on it and uh, find some way to encourage them write some words to encourage them think of some verses to encourage them and then come back you know give it to them and then I put it on my desk in my study and uh, that was end of October and every few days I'd see I must get around to that encouraging that person right must get I'm always meant to do it uh, but, but I just kept seeing it and thinking I haven't done that yet and then a couple of weeks ago, I saw the title of this talk, and I thought, here's a way I could end up looking like the biggest hypocrite in Lynn Baptist Church, right? Which would be saying something, just kidding. <laughs> but I did it, I did it, right? And uh, actually, you know, strangely, I ended up accidentally encouraging myself by doing it. Because it was such a positive exercise, just thinking of good things about this person, which were true, and writing them down and putting scriptures on there. I ended up encouraging myself. It was a very positive exercise for me, as well as hopefully an encouragement for her when I gave it back to them. But, um, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. We are, uh, we are actually, actually I did mean to do that. We are actually in this time as a church where we're just stepping back out from back from all the other stuff that we could do, uh, and we're just trying to focus on reconnecting with God, reconnecting with each other. I think the phrase we came up with originally was um, rediscovering our joy in the gospel and rediscovering church as family. 
And then we reduced it to reconnecting with God, reconnecting with each other. And Jonathan, he's at Partington today preaching. Jonathan has done three weeks on, on basics of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, uh, reconnecting with God. Now we're going to spend three weeks on reconnecting with one another, and then we'll go back to three weeks uh, in, that, in that kind of pattern for a little while. Um, so, but it, what, what this thing, this whole thing of encouragement made me realize was, you know, uh, one reason that we often don't encourage one another is we just don't get around to it. Just don't get around to it. I'll come back to that reasons that we don't encourage each other. Um, so, um, we, it, it, encouraging one another may seem obvious, may seem easy, but it's something that we often don't do. And I think often also we can live in a culture of discouragement, can't we? It's easy to be discouraged, to feel discouraged in our work, in our home, uh, in our church. The world takes it out of us. Relationships take it out of us. Kids take it out of us. And we can end up thinking, I'm not doing a very good job. I'm not doing a very good job at work, at home, at church. And sometimes at the end of a day or the end of a week, we can feel disheartened. It happens. It's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. Maybe some of you today. And um, actually, one of, our, one of our prayer meetings, we prayed for somebody who was very much at the, at the bottom end of that and really feeling low and very disheartened about what was happening with them. And it's even part of the British mindset, isn't it, to be a bit down on ourselves. We often laugh at our friends across the pond, the Americans, and say, you know, they big themselves up so much. But they do have more of a positive mindset. You can do it. You can do it. Um, not often the case uh, here in the UK. It's just a different culture. And that simply not saying anything to other people can be discouraging. Just assuming that someone, people who've done something, well, they, they, they know they've done a good job. We don't need to tell them that, do we, continually? But actually our words, not just our words, but in particular our words, can be hugely encouraging and hugely beneficial to others. Encouragement is so important, it's even called out as a specific gift. People who are really good at encouraging. So Paul writes in Romans 12, says we have different gifts according to the grace God has given us. If it's serving, let them serve. If it's teaching, let them teach. If it's encouraging, let them encourage. It's a gift that God, that's how important it is. And I think often we devalue this gift of encouragement. I, you know, decades ago now, definitely devalued it. I used to think, well, you know, that's not a real gift. If people can't do anything else, well, we'll say they're an encourager because that's not that, you know, other people are good. That's not, but how wrong was I? And how wrong are you if you ever have that mindset? It is a genuine gift, and there are people that we could name in this church who, are, who have this gift of encouraging people, encouraging us. But not only is it a gift uh, that's called out for some people, it's a ministry for all of us, as we will discuss today. God has a lot to say about how we encourage each other and ourselves. He uses words in the Bible like exhort one another, build one another up, stir one another up, as we will see. And it's not actually that hard to encourage one another. That's why we're talking about it today. How can we, I want to talk today about how we can encourage ourselves, first of all, because that's important, that's good, and then moving out from how we can encourage one another. And um, 
Christians, as we'll see in this passage in a moment, have a lot to be encouraged about. Overwhelming reasons for us to be encouraged. Let's read the first part of this passage that John read to us again. And the background to this passage is the writer to the Hebrews was taking images from the Old Testament where there was a temple. um, And in that temple was a holy place where only the priests were allowed. And then within that was a most holy place, which only one priest was allowed on one day a year. And it was divided. Uh, People were kept out by a massive curtain. And as you know, uh, uh, on the, the Easter story, that curtain was torn in two. But there was a big heavy curtain. And so the writer to the Hebrews recalls that imagery at the start of this passage. So he says, and I'll read it again. Therefore, brothers and sisters, he says, since we have confidence to enter this most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest, which is Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged. We have a mediator, a powerful and influential mediator You have a powerful and influential mediator in heaven who speaks for you. He speaks for you. Jesus cleanses you, cleanses us from guilt. And even as that last line says, which we often don't think about, cleanses us even from a guilty conscience. If we brought whatever we've done wrong to God, he cleanses us of our guilt. And he says, and I don't want you to have a guilty conscience either. Let this thing go. Rest in me. That's not easy, you know. Um, but do we, do we do that? Do we rest in God and, and look for that freedom in Christ? Not to feel guilty anymore. Because of Jesus, Jesus' Jesus's sacrifice, we have, as it says there, full assurance. Not partial assurance. Not kind of third party. This is full, fully comprehensive assurance from Jesus. Full assurance. Assurance of forgiveness Assurance of the constant presence of God in our lives. Assurance of life forever with God after this life. So be encouraged. How tremendously encouraging it is to know for us that for certain that we belong to Jesus. For certain that God has destined us for eternal salvation after this age comes to an end. And for certain that in this life God loves us with a deep, deep love. I love that verse in uh, 1 John 3 where John says, How great the love the Lord has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. Because that is what we are. How great the love the Lord has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. For that is what we are. And it's that word lavish. It's not a portion of love or an appropriation of love or just enough love. But like a mother who constantly heaps food onto your plate till you just can't eat any more, till you're full, to, full of bursting, God lavishes love upon you, lavishes love upon us until we can't take any more. He loves to do it. How encouraging, is, how encouraging it is. Not just enough love, but more than we can possibly take. Draw encouragement. You are deeply, deeply loved today. Be encouraged. There is nothing you can do, actually, nothing you can do, to make God love you anymore. He already loves you completely. And there is nothing you can do to make God love you any less. Because he already knows you completely. Everything about you. And he still loves you. 
deeply. So be encouraged, as this passage says, be unswerving. Let us hold unswervingly to this hope that we profess. For he who, he who promised, he who has made the promise, is faithful. In a world where values constantly shift, God's promise is assured. Be encouraged. And then the second part of the passage, knowing these things, with this full assurance and encouragement to us, God then says, the writer to the Hebrews then says, so then let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I love that phrase. Let us spur one another on towards love and good deeds. It's a very odd uh, Greek word which I looked up. It's called eis paroxysmon. And uh, the expression to stir one another up, to spur one another on, is a striking Greek word. And it means literally to um, provoke one another or actually to incite one another. Incite one another. Now, you can incite people to lots of bad things. That's usually the way we use that word. Someone, you can incite someone to violence, incite someone to hatred, incite a riot, couldn't we? But the writer uses this same word. Provoke one another, incite one another, set fire to one another, to, to, to spur one another on to love and good deeds. It's like we're going to excite one another so much, hype one another up so much, that we can only do love and good deeds. This is the encouragement within the body of Christ, within the church. This is how we build up the body of Christ, by spurring one another on, encouraging one another towards love and good deeds. And this is a ministry that we're all called to do. We're all called to encourage one another. But it's a gift that some people have specially as well. And we know some of those people. I told one of them this week. It's a gift that some people have. So then I started thinking, what is it about these people that makes them good encouragers, really good encouragers? What are the common characteristics of people who are great encouragers? What makes them great encouragers? What makes them just great people to be around? We smile when we see them. How can we, from them, learn to be better encouragers? Because, you see, encouragement is very much needed in the church. It's very much needed in this church. But it's also very much needed in our workplaces. People we work with, people who work for us, will work better if they feel encouraged. It's also very much needed in our homes, if, if our, our kids and our family lives will be so much better, if we can encourage them well. So how do we cultivate a heart of encouragement? Well, I just called out three things that I see in, an, in, in people I know are good encouragers, are really good encouragers. So how do we cultivate a heart of encouragement? The first thing is, these people take the time and trouble. They take the time to just stop and encourage. It's not rocket science, but there's always something else they could do, somewhere else they could rush off to, but they take the trouble to stop, to say the word, to write you a note, to write a text, pick up the phone, and they just say, I saw what you did. I saw what you did there. It was really good. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for sorting that out. Or I know what you do 
week in, week, week out. I know the work you do. I, I can see that. And I want to appreciate it. I want to say thank you. A workplace example for me, I used to work with our CEO for the last few years. And uh, he used to use me for parts of my time in company values and cultivating a culture of a positive culture in the company, which had lots of different things. Remember at one point, we, we gave away Amazon vouchers for $50. Anybody, spot any manager, no matter how low, could give anybody who worked for them for anything, you know, thanks for what you did today, thanks for staying at late today, thanks for what you did on that project, and here's a little thank you. But actually, um, the thing that made the biggest difference by far uh, was uh, John, the CEO, he had a good memory for names, and, and we had a discussion. I said to him, John, when someone does something, let's get the management to report to you. Someone who's finished a project well, why don't you send them an email to say, I, I, I know what you did on that project, and it was really good. And when you're in Belfast, because he's in Silicon Valley, but our engineering center was Belfast, when you're in Belfast, spend some time and go around and, and chat to these people. So he would do that. He'd spend a couple of hours and just say, Phil, you know, what you did on Vodafone, we, I saw that really good project. Good job. Well done. Or, or Nick, what you did getting that contract completed, getting it over the line. Well done. Good job. And people started to make comments in questionnaires saying, the CEO knows my name, first of all. And secondly, he actually came and said, thanks. And that was worth far more, honestly, than those vouchers. We saw the difference. Just him going around saying, I saw what you did. It, it was really good. Thanks for doing that. Made a real difference in our culture and our environment. It can be a note or a text if, if you don't feel able to speak to people face to face. Sometimes that's the case. But it, 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 it always works. Encouragement does cost time, but I think that's the only cost. I can't think of any other cost. That's all it is. Second thing then, I remember this <clears throat> many years ago on a talk, on a Christian talk, when we had teenagers, and it was about parenting. I remember the guy saying, you know, with teenagers, it's easy to, they're always doing stuff wrong, right? Even you, you could just spot every single thing. Why did you do that? Why have you left that there? Why have you not done that? Why didn't I told you to do this? But he said, try this. Catch them doing something well rather than catch them doing something wrong. Catch them doing something well and tell them. Catch them doing something well and tell them. But I don't think it's just teenagers. I think it applies to adults as well, to all of us. Because these encouragers have an eye for seeing what's going on. And the thing that's going on might be the same thing that's gone on every week and we just take for granted. But they see it. They see, thank you for doing that. And I know you've done it every week, but I can see it. Thank you for doing that. They have an eye. Catch them doing something well. They know that just keeping a church going takes work. They know that people need to volunteer. People have to work to make this happen. They know that at home, just keeping the, those good meals going takes work. They have an eye. They catch things with their eye and they say, thank you for doing that. They catch you doing something well and tell them. And then the third thing, which, is, which really good encouragers are specific, are specific. They say what a difference it made to them rather than just, you know, they get a lovely sermon vicar. They actually say, what, uh, uh, what happened to me a couple of times is people have said, you know, whatever, whatever it was a couple of weeks ago, I used that in a conversation. 
I think, that's fantastic, that's brilliant. Yeah. You're all worried about now what you're going to say to me on the way out of church, aren't you? <laughs> Lovely sermon, Chris. <laughs> but um, specifically saying what a difference it makes to you, and it might be, you know, just the fact that somebody at work cleaned up your workspace well, but it made a difference. Or that somebody made you a really good meal, but it made a difference. Or somebody gave you a really good piece of work, but it made a difference. Be specific if you can. And don't just assume that these people around us who do all this already know that they're doing a good job. Uh, And there's no need to mention it. Don't think, oh, I'll mention it sometime. I'll do it sometime, like I did with that card that stayed on my desk for probably 10 weeks. Try to be specific. Thanking people is always good. Always good. But thanking them for something specific, for a specific act, is even better if you can do that. And I didn't, write it on, I didn't write it on there deliberately, but I think good encouragers can also give critical feedback well. They can also give critical feedback well. Speaking the truth in love, as Paul says in the Bible. Speak the truth in love. They major, when, when we, they give us that feedback, they major on what we did well and what we did right, on the positives. But they'll also tell us what could have been even better. Speaking the truth in love. And long term, that is encouragement because it, it, it makes us better at whatever we're doing. Now, I will say, not everyone is good at this, at giving uh, critical feedback, so take care. But some people can do this well. So take a look at that list. It's not rocket science, is it? It's not, you don't have to be a brain surgeon. We actually just have to put the time to one side. These are short-term things we can start doing now. Take the time to encourage someone. Catch them doing something well and tell them. Try to be specific if you can. I wonder who there is in your life who could really benefit, really do with a little encouragement today. Maybe it's someone in this church. Maybe it's someone at home. Maybe it's someone at work tomorrow. Well, think about that. But start thinking about that. Spurring one another on, as as the writer says, towards love and good deeds. Encouraging one another all the more as we see the ultimate destiny together with Jesus. Let's just look back at that that passage again. Let us hold unswervingly, unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Incite one another. Not give up the, giving up the habit of meeting together as some are doing, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And actually, there is one final point, isn't there, which you must have noticed, wrapped up in that paragraph, is that little, is that little phrase, let not giving up the habit of meeting together, as some have done. So I've added that on here as well. That <clears throat> we've said this before, and we'll say it again, I'll say it again here. If you can come here on a Sunday, come here. On, come here. If you have to watch from home, then that's okay. But if you can come here, do. If you can volunteer, please volunteer. That's really encouraging. It makes a big difference, I'll tell you, to you in your Christian life, but also to all of us. Because we are all encouraged when this place is full, when jobs get done well, we're all encouraged. We create a culture of encouragement. We build a community of encouragement. In the New New Testament, lends no support to the idea of a lone Christian on their own. Sometimes that was necessary, usually when someone was in jail for their faith. And sometimes today it may be necessary, but for most of us, 
the, the, the New Testament does not give any support for the idea of a lone Christian by ourselves. In the New Testament, it is always the church, it is always the gathering, it is always the ecclesia, to give it its word, that Paul talks about, that Jesus talks about. These are the places, the assemblies, the gatherings, which are positive, which are growing places, helpful for us to grow together, absolutely essential for us to grow together. So to end, and I'll just invite the band back up to, to, to begin. We've hopefully reminded you today that um, for Christians there is huge encouragement. Christ's arrival is only just over the horizon. God's salvation plan is assured. God's deep love for you is certain. Let us hold to it unswervingly. But none of us can run this race on our own. We have one another, we need one another to build one another up, to build one another up in self-esteem, to inspire one another to fully become the person God intended. My job is to inspire you to fully become the person God intended you to be. Your job is to inspire me and each other to fully become the person God intended us to be. And together we can build a strong, vibrant, united community. That's what we want here at LBC, a strong, vibrant, united community. Encouragement can come in many forms. We can pray for one another, acts of kindness, but words, especially words, make a huge difference. In fact, words, our words can make all the difference to one another. So let's just bow our heads quietly for a little while. And just think about this. Who might you encourage today, this week? Perhaps think first of all of somebody in this church. Who might you encourage? You might think, I'm not sure what to say, but just look at something they've done and thank them for that. Thank them for their friendship. Hold that person before God. And then secondly, perhaps somebody at home or at work, who might you encourage? Think of someone at home or at work. And you might think, well, I'm the one who needs encouraging. I get that. But take the first step. Start it off. Be an encourager. Think of somebody at home or at work who you can encourage just with your words and hold them before God. So then let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing, but let's encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Lord, we lift with these words, we lift these people to you, Father, and we ask you to make to make us encouragers just as you encourage us with your words. Help us to encourage one another in this place, in our homes, in our workplaces. Help us to do it in the next few days, but help us to keep on doing it. Lord, change us, we pray. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.